0: Pastor Ed Taylor on what God is really looking for from you. As a servant of Jesus, I'm not required to be successful, whatever that means today. I'm not required to be professional, whatever that means today. I'm not required to be farther on than you or better than you or any, I'm not, requ- none of that is required for me. What God is looking for from me and you is faithfulness.
1: This is amazing grace. I'm Welcome to another Abounding Grace. In a moment, we'll rejoin Pastor Ed Taylor and complete our Family Matters series. You might be expecting some sort of challenge at this point to go out there and give it your best shot. But Pastor Ed believes success in life and the family has more to do with the strength and resources of God than your own. And this takes the pressure off. Here's Pastor Ed with a couple of truths that will no doubt comfort and strengthen you.
0: God is ready, willing, and able to minister to you. Sometimes you say, but Ed, I want a list. What do I need to do? How can I be closer to God? Let me show you a place in the Bible that you can pray over. Would you turn over Psalm 37? For those of you that just love lists and things to do, let me show you a list that would be very beneficial for you to pray over every day. Psalm 37, and it actually ties very well into our text today. Notice with me Psalm number 37. Let's pick up in verse 3. It says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Look at verse seven now, all this action. Then he says, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret. It only causes harm. No pressure, church. God is with you, enabling you, energizing you, helping you along the way. Secondly, number two, over in 1 Corinthians chapter four, I have another two words for you to remember at the end of this series. Number one, no pressure, Number two, be faithful. Say it with me, be faithful. Faithfulness, very important. And also another instruction that takes the weight off of our shoulders. Be faithful. Notice with me in chapter four now of 1 Corinthians verse one, Paul writing to the church, kind of establishing that relationship, right? He's reminding them, I'm for you, not against you. Please listen to me. He says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. There's a couple words that are important uh, that you have, if you haven't already marked, I want you to mark them. Circle the word servants. Circle the word servants. And next to it, write this word, under rower, under rower. I know it's not a popular word, but I'll explain it in a moment. That's really what the word means in the original language, in the Greek. Hooper, under, estes means, or estes means rower. And the, the word is describing a servant or an attendant, but it really describes the under rower. The under rower was that slave on the lowest deck of the ship who rowed obediently to the cadence of the drummer. Unseen, really unthought of, but the true power of moving a ship's progress. So right at the water level, there was a section in below the ship where each side would be, would be filled with men that were rowing rowing to the, to the cadence of that drumbeat. And in your home, I, I think of no greater illustration for your home that the drumbeat of the Lord and the Holy Spirit is to be matched by your unseen, unnoticed rowing and serving of your family as unto the Lord. It's very important that you realize that the place of strength and leadership is actually the place of servanthood. That's what Paul says here. He says, oh, I'm an apostle. Oh, I'm so important. Listen to me. He says, no, no, no. You guys need to remember we're two things. And the first thing we are is just servants. We're not interested in notoriety. We're not interested in popularity. We just want to serve you. Please listen to us. Please. Secondly, notice they also are asking you to be considered as stewards. Stewards. Again, another word we don't use. Circle that word steward and right next to it, overseer. Overseer. So you're an under rower. And you're an overseer. You, you are that steady, faithful rower, servant of the Lord, under the radar, behind the scenes, leading your home, taking care of business, loving your wife, submitting to your husband, respecting your parents. And you're also a steward, a steward. A steward was a faithful, trustworthy man who owned nothing but controlled everything on behalf of his master. Doesn't that describe us? We own nothing. Nothing is ours. Oh, but Ed, I got my name on it. Oh, Ed, I got this in the bank. Oh, Ed. No, no, we own nothing. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. The father of lights. We own nothing. And remember, we learned that that even in our marriage, we don't own our spouses. We don't own our kids. Our kids belong to the Lord. Our spouse belongs to the Lord. Our single life belongs to the Lord. We're just stewards temporarily overseeing our family for the sake of God. It's for him. We're to please him. You notice what, what we missed in the end of Philippians chapter two was that God's working in us for his pleasure, not our pleasure. He's working in us for to please him, to honor him. It's his glory, it's his name. It's not our opinions and it's not our convictions. It's him. To be open to a fresh work of the Spirit to please him. And see, as as ministers under rowers and as stewards, we also have to speak to the motive. The motive of caring for our homes, of bringing judgment in our homes, has to be love. It has to be love. Remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it spoke of their labor of love. And it's not just our love of God. That's second. The, The motive of our ministry and the motive of our oversight and the motive of our repentance and the motive of our humility is not because we love God but more so because he loves us. (laughs) I mean, you got to step back at times and just consider the goodness of God and his faithfulness. The Bible says that, don't you know that it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance? I mean, what do we deserve exactly? Where were we headed exactly? Without the grace and the mercy and the love of God, where would we be exactly today? But because he loved us, the Bible says, and we live this out, because he loved us first, we love him. And we love others. No other motive will carry you through the tough times. Guilt, manipulation, shame, none of those work. They're they're horrible motivators. They're not to be named among us. You should never be manipulated to serve the Lord or your family. You should never be guilted or shamed to stay pure as a single or to love your spouse or to take care of your kids or grandkids. It's always the love of God. It's always His heart for you. He has your best interest in heart. He loves you and he loves me. And that's not a labor of law or trying to live up to some standard. No, there's not only no pressure, but all that God is looking for is faithfulness. Be faithful, church. Be faithful. It says in verse 2, notice, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's a requirement. A requirement in your life as mine that God sees faithfulness. And to me, this is such a huge relief for me. So much a relief to you. It's so life-changing. As a servant of Jesus, I'm not required to be successful, whatever that means today. I'm not required to be professional, whatever that means today. I'm not required to be farther on than you or better than you or any, I'm not, none of that is required for me. What God is looking for from me and you is faithfulness. Be faithful, church. Be faithful with what you've been entrusted with. I believe a true definition of success spiritually equals faithfulness. Because even as you're faithful, all kinds of things can happen around your life. Even as you're walking along, you stumble and fall, you say something, you do something. You know, unfortunately, kids do make decisions that break our hearts. So success may not be all that we define it today. Success is messy and hard and difficult. Sin always tries to creep in. It's always knocking at the door. And our flesh, it's hungry. And sometimes we choose to feed it. And we get off ourselves. And, and that faith, faithful, steady obedience involves admitting that we're wrong. Humbling ourselves before God. I mean, one of the powerful, most powerful things you can do in your home is to ask each other for forgiveness when necessary. When you've sinned against your wife or your husband, when you've sinned against your kids. I mean, parents, one of the most powerful things you can do as a parent is get down on your knees, look your kids in their eyes, and ask them for forgiveness. It's powerful. We all fail. And you kiddos, the kind of sin that you're carrying around the house, one of the greatest things, I mean, it'll blow your parents' mind if you walk in and say, you know, mom, I just wanna say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me for whatever it was that you did? That there's just love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and self-control waiting to flow through your life as you choose to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's powerful. There's no pressure, and God is looking for faithfulness. I love that in verse 2, it says, required. Did you notice that? It's required. In the original language, in the Greek, that can have two different meanings. The first one is exactly how the English translate it. That requirement. This is required, church. God is not looking for unfaithfulness, but faithfulness. Steady obedience. Steady humility. That's why the Bible, I believe, describes the, more often than not, describes our relationship and our journey with God as a walk. Because everybody has a different walk. Everybody has a different gait. Everybody has different size legs. So we all have a different walk with the Lord. But when we walk, generally we're going forward, we're making a steady progress. Well, that's how God would have you in your personal walk with him, to make steady progress. It's required. Yes, it's a demand. But there's a second part of this word, a second part. The idea is that we also, it's required demand, but also the, the word can be defined as seek. It's required for you to seek faithfulness. To want it, so you could, I guess you could do it two words, desire, demand and desire. They're both included in this word. There's a demand for faithfulness, but there's also that need to desire it. That you just look at your life and go, man, I want to grow in grace. I want to know Jesus more. I mean, it's simple things like, like, I hope you took me up on my challenge last week. I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to pray every day. Or maybe it's in the time of singing. you go, you know, I'm going to learn that song. I'm going to download it. I'm going to let it saturate my life. I'm going to take it internally, and I'm going to learn from the Lord, from that song. I'm going to share it with my kids. I'm going to pray with my kids every night. I'm going to pray for my kids. Whatever it might be, there's this steady demand, but also desire that we can grow more in faithfulness with what God has entrusted to us. And so with that in mind, would you turn over to Matthew chapter 25? I find no greater way to end our series than listening to Jesus himself. Jesus giving this parable of the talents, he gives the conclusion. And I want you to pick up with me in verse 20 of Matthew's gospel, chapter 25. And just let it sink in as if Jesus was telling telling this to you for the first time today in relation to your singleness, your parenting, your marriage, your friendships, your in-law relationships. As a kid, respecting your parents, whatever role you have, Listen to what the Lord says, as a steward, as an under-roar. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and, what's that word? Faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had two talents came and said, Lord... You delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered him and said, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I don't sow, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Therefore, you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to every one who has, more will be given. And he who has abundance, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness that will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a pretty powerful choice to make. Faithful or unfaithful. Faithful or unfaithful. You can see that there's great benefits to faithfulness and great pain to unfaithfulness. And I love this because we said it with me. It's not well done, good and perfect servant. I'm grateful for that. It's not well done, good and successful servant. I'm glad. It's not good and faithful, good and professional servant. I'm grateful for that. It's not good and rich. No, it's good and faithful. All of us can fulfill that, whether we have five talents, two talents, one talent, whatever it might be that's been entrusted to us, we're overseeing it as a steward, as an overseer, so that we can be faithful to what's been entrusted to us. We are overseeing it to be faithful to what's entrusted to us. And your family is the greatest treasure you have on earth. Your life, the people you're connected to, they're the most valuable treasure. You know, the most valuable treasure on the earth today is you. The greatest value that God ever put was on human beings. That He loved you so much that He sent His only begotten Son to die for you so that your sins might be forgiven and you can be in relationship with Him. You're the most valuable thing on the earth today. More than your house, your job, more than anything you might have in the bank or any title or position you might have, you are what's valuable to God. You're His prized possession, you're His treasure. And so today I want you to leave thinking about your family, no pressure, but be faithful. Make the decisions for yourself. You know, I I look at this study and I say, judgment begins in the house of the Lord. It begins in my house. I have the privilege of teaching this, but I take this to heart in my own life. It's my house. That's the only one I have choice over. It's my marriage. I want my marriage to improve. I want my home to improve. I want my parents, you know, for me personally, the Bible is very clear that one of the requirements in my life for me personally, for Ed, if I'm gonna fulfill the role of an elder and a pastor in his church, that I'm to rule my own house well. That's, that's in the scriptures for me personally. So I wanna fulfill that, but not with pressure. I just wanna be faithful. To rule my own house well doesn't mean I have a perfect house, certainly I do not. I have been praying for Marie for 30 years. <laughs> to be a better wife and you know she's been praying for me for 30 years to be a better husband we pray for our children and now then they're adults we pray for them to be godly lovers of god we pray for those that are connected we pray for our grandson we pray grace into his life we pray over him regularly the lord is good and faithful in our lives But I have so much area, so many areas. You might look at me and go, well, Ed, you know, your pastor, your marriage must be perfect. (laughs) It's perfectly messy. (laughs) Marie and I have been together a long time, 30 years, man. Long time, long, long time, long time, 32 years, actually. Some of that was before we were saved, and most of it's after we were saved. And we still have strong disagreements. You might want to call it an argument, but it's strong disagreements. We still have pressure. We still have worries. We've been through a lot of things. Our marriage has been tried in the fire. Our home has been tried in the fire. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, all the things that we might have faced and all the things that we face currently today, I can say this, the Lord is faithful and he's good. And he loves me as much as he loves you. Maybe you're being tried by the fire right now. It's hard. Not only all the things going on in the world, but that's actually not your biggest concern, is it? It's the things going on in your home and in your family. But the Lord is with you. He loves you. He's working in you. He's the energy. He's the energy to give you desires and the energy to give you what you need to accomplish all that you desire. He's so good. If you just simply surrender him today, believer and unbeliever alike, if you just simply admit that you're not perfect, that you're not always right, that it's not always about you, that your opinions and your desires and your convictions and all, they're really not that necessary. They're not eternal. But what is eternal needs your full attention today. Yeah, God has pricked your heart about who you are and where you are. Yes. The only proper response is to humbly come to him. Ask for his forgiveness and surrender afresh and anew to all that he wants to do. These are the last days, church. They're the last days. Listen, even if they weren't the last days for for the global prophetic word of God, they're the last days for you. You're not going to live forever. You only have a certain amount of time on the earth. For many of us, we have more years behind us than we have ahead of us. We want to run our race well. I want to finish. Not only do I want to finish my race, but I want to take as many people with me as possible. I want to be very laser focused on what's important to God because what's important to God is important to me. And I'll tell you, the greatest importance of God is you, is your life and your home. You you want to see the darkness dissipated in a culture Be the light of Christ. You know, the world's going to be the world. It's always going to be the world. It always has been the world, but the church must be the church. Living life, abiding in Christ, trusting Him in all
1: things. No pressure, but be faithful. A couple of key takeaways from today's talk called Your Family Matters. It really does. And this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Today, we're wrapping up a short but powerful series called Family Matters. And if you missed any portion of it, it's not too late to hear each and every study. And you can do that through the Calvary Church app. Search for Ed Taylor or just go to our website, AboundingGraceRadio.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Each month, we pick out a book that we think can really help your walk with the Lord and encourage you in the Lord. Here in November, it's Suffering is Never for Nothing by Elizabeth Elliott. We all go through hard times, and the past year and a half have been rough for many of us living through a pandemic. And maybe you're wondering, why doesn't God do something about my suffering? Well, He has, He did, He is, and He will. Elizabeth explains, suffering is never for nothing. God is up to something in and through it all. Learn all about that as you read, suffering is never for nothing. To get a copy for a donation of $25 or more, just call us at 877-30-GRACE. That number again is 877-30-GRACE. You can also order resources like this at calvaryco.store. calvaryco.store. And we also want to remind you that we are listener-supported. Abounding Grace airs all across the nation on stations like this one. But in order to do this, we look to our listeners to help cover the costs. You can make a secure donation on our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Just click on Donate. Or if you'd rather call, here's the number, 877-30-GRACE. Well, Pastor Ed, tomorrow we're going to begin a series of messages delivered at our Refresh Conference. Now, many of our listeners have no idea what Refresh is all about. So can you break it down for them and tell us a little bit about what we can expect in the days ahead? Yeah, Larry,
0: the next few days on Abounding Grace Radio are going to be super encouraging because we're going to invite you in and you're going to join us for this year's 2021 Refresh Conference This is a conference we've been doing here at calvary church since 2009 and the idea the the thought was to encourage those that are serving the lord not just a pastor's conference but pastors wives leaders sunday school teachers anyone that's serving the lord we wanted a conference that's not a conference but because we have an emphasis on teaching the word we definitely have sessions where the Word of God is taught, and this year was no different. And it's so cool because every year is different. God puts it together by His Spirit, and I have to say, 2021's Refresh Conference was the biggest and the best that we've ever had. So we're going to have four different Bible studies. I'm going to be kicking off the conference. Then Pastor Brady Boyd from New Life Church in Colorado Springs, he'll be second. Then Pastor Jim Gallagher from Calvary and Vero Beach, Florida will be third. And then my son, Joshua Taylor, uh, Pastor Josh is going to finish up the conference and you're going to get it all kind of packed in day after day. So be encouraged, be ready and be refreshed, be encouraged in the Lord in that refreshing desire to serve him, to yield to him in these last days. And I just know The Lord is going to use it in your life. So stay tuned. The Lord's going to do
1: great things. Again, that all starts Friday on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor will show us that there is nothing better for us to do right now than to trust God. This is amazing grace.